management, leadership. If you're all about that, I know that you're ready for the leaderish podcast. Ay, change your mindset because it is vital. Remembering that leader is not all about a title. It's about helping others level up, get their best. Talking about the skills, time to focus, time to represent. Hey, Dr. Brandy, break it down just like that. Time to tune in to the leaderish podcast. Hey, let's go. The leaderish podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Leader-ish Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brandy, and guess what? We have passed the halfway mark of this season, and I'm so excited for what the conversation has been. Look, if this is your first time tuning in, I want you to go back and please listen. Look, it's my podcast. I want you to listen to me, Linda. Linda, listen, Linda, okay? Go back to the first episode, and I want you to listen to this season in order. I'm not sure if I'm gonna do this for every single season, but I want you to listen to it in order because what I'm doing is kind of building us up to get prepared for leadership. So the Leader Ish podcast is all about you having that breakthrough in your leadership. Here's the thing, guys, and I don't think I've mentioned this on any other podcast yet, but 10 thousand baby boomers are reaching retirement age daily. That's over 3 million baby boomers that are reaching retirement age every single year. There are not enough Gen Xers to fill all of the leadership roles in our corporations and in our companies. And so millennials are going to be the ones that we need for leadership. And guess what? There aren't enough Gen Xers, of course, um, just by the, the, the generation, but also there aren't enough Gen Xers that are really prepared for leadership in the way that they need to be to be able to take over. And so what I want to do, you know, I see the trends. I see what the future of work is, you know, where it's going. I'm, I am the one that is tracking these industry changes. And at the end of the day, I want to make sure that you have as many opportunities and possibilities as possible to, um, you know, remain gainfully employed. Um, I think I may have talked about it in one of the super, super early episodes, but when you're talking about the PwC report, McKinsey put out a report on the future of work, you know, many people over 90% of, there was like a projection, right? A proje- it was supposed to be like this fictitious projection, but I, I thought, why would they put this in there if it, if it wasn't um, something that could actually happen? But they were saying over 90% of Um, American professionals will not have full-time employment with benefits by 2030. And so what I want to do really is help us to successfully get to and through 2030 and beyond. And I know there's a shift happening, guys. And so many of you are so caught up in today and what's happening today and what's happening right now and what's happening this year and what's happening this month, what's happening this quarter. You're, you're so present focused that you are going to miss the boat. You're going to miss the opportunity. And so one of the things with all of the automation and technology that's, that is also contributing to some of the, the jobs in the workforce Um, you know, people being removed from the workforce and not needed anymore. Um, But one of the things that can't be automated is leadership. And that's what these reports were outlining, the idea that top-level CEOs are really nervous because they don't know if that leadership and talent pool is going to be there. And so if you're listening to this podcast, I'm trying to make sure that you are a must-have, not a nice-to-have. And when it's time for the chopping block to come, because it will come, okay, these jobs ain't loyal, Mm, that was a song. Anybody text me if you know what song that's from. These jobs ain't Lord. This is a remix. Okay. Th- th- those are not the actual words, 
but but text me 215-608-5687 if you know I may have a giveaway or something to give you if you recognize that tune but anyway you know my my goal is really to help us be proactive to be ahead of the game and at the end of the day uh it's about us creating opportunities really for our entire family's legacy one generation when I, I remember launching my first company um, in the height of the recession, 2007, 8, 9, around that time, and it was a career development company. And it was to help uh, people who had been displaced get back to work. You know, people who were laid off after 20, 30 years at a company, and now you need to go over to Walmart and get a job. I saw it. I literally worked with people who were only had four more years until they retired, only had 10 years until their retirement and everything. They lost everything in a matter of a few months due to the recession. And so I'm taking, I'm telling you this because the next several years are going to be volatile. I hate to say that the next several years is going to be like a long extended bumpy plane ride. There is no new normal coming in 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025. It's not coming. Your new norm for everybody, right? We, we, we say we have this idea that it, the world will become an out there. If it becomes normal again, then I will be better, then I will have more opportunity. But that's not how we need to think anymore. What we need to think about nowadays is really the idea that you need to be creating that normal now. You need to start to re-engineer your life, re-engineer how you're doing things, re-engineer how you're showing up at work, re-engineer how you're thinking about work, how you're thinking about your skills. Your resume is not going to save you anymore. Your LinkedIn profile is not going to save you anymore. You're going to need to have to be a leader day in and day out, period, every single day. You got to be competitive. I'm trying to help to level the playing field. That's what my role is for you. When you listen to this podcast, I want to help you level the playing field because guess what? Somebody's going to be left behind and it ain't going to be me. Okay. I'm sorry. I have my green drink here for those of you that can't see me and I just need to take a sip. Okay. I've been in the studio all morning, 6 a.m. and I'm just thirsty. All right. So that's my breakfast. Okay. Okay, I know y'all hearing the extra sound effects, but I just had to quench my thirst right now. Okay, (laughs) but no, that's what we want to do. Okay, so let's get into it. So today's episode is about you leading your environment. You need to lead your environment. So we were talking about, you know, the first person you need to lead is yourself on the last episode. We're talking about activating your leadership, I think, in episode four. So let's talk about leading your environment. Okay. Leading your environment. If anything comes up uh, this episode that, you know, any questions you have or any reflections that you have, of course, join my text club, 215-608-5687. And so the thesis for today's episode is really this idea that he who can master their environment can master anything. He who can master leading in their environment can master anything. I made that up. I don't think it sounds like it's on that Confucius level, like that high level, you know, wisdom, you know, and I don't know, this may be out there somewhere, but I wrote, I wrote this cold when I wrote my notes for today's episode. And I believe that, you know, if you can master your environment, you can master almost everything. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is because we think of our environment as already being established before we get there. But I'm going to argue to you that you can shift atmospheres you can shift environments you can shift social dynamics and social contexts right like you can't shift 
Well, I don't know. I was like, you can't shift the weather maybe, but that's another podcast. That's another podcast because that has been done already. But anyway, um, hit me on the text message if you know about that, about that weather modification. Mm -mm -mm. But anyway, um, you know, I do believe that we have the power to shift our environments. And so when you think about that, what it does is it gives us an opportunity to really be purposeful when we are present in an environment. When I walk into any space, I'm bringing energy, I'm bringing authority, I'm bringing credibility, I'm bringing a power, I'm bringing inclusivity, I'm bringing so many things, I'm bringing humor. I know that when I bring those aspects of myself to those environments, it's shifting. It's shifting. I mean, I speak 40 to 50 times a year at speaking engagements at all types of companies and corporations and startups and Fortune 500 and the whole, whole, the whole nine. And you know what my job is? You know what they're paying me for? They're not paying me to just tell everyone else smart things. They're not paying me to just give advice. They're paying me to shift the environment. Because when you have that emotional shift, when you have that cognitive shift, when you have that psychological shift, when that energy adjusts and changes and morphs and when you get off the stage... People are ready to put in work. They're ready to take action. So, so they're not paying me to be a professor. Yeah, I used to teach at Wharton, and that's cool. I used to teach at Temple University and, and Lancaster Bible College and all of these other amazing places and Johns Hopkins. That's awesome. But even in those settings, I am there to shift these students, to support them in shifting to the next level of their greatness in whatever topic that is. And so for you all, you need to think about leading your environment in this same way. Master that. Don't be a victim because what the opposite of what I'm talking about, right, is when we go in and we say, oh, my God, that company is so toxic or the team is so toxic and it doesn't matter what you do. And they're always going to be like this. And we're always going to and you may not say it. And y'all, I know I'm talking fast now, but just listen faster. I'm not going to slow down. I just listen faster. I'm on a roll because I just felt in my spirit. Someone just thought, can she just slow down just a little? I could. I could. Yeah, I could but I'm not. Okay. So anyway, but we have to really think about, and you may not say those things out loud. Okay. But you're thinking it. And when you think that things can't change in any context or circumstance, you do not enforce your will to be able to try to change them in a positive way. You don't. Think about your personal relationships. Think about your romantic relationships. Think about your children relationship with your children. You guys know I'm a mother of two. So I talk a lot about your children. Think about those aspects where you've just resolved that it is the way that it is. And what that does is it lets you off the hook for actually being a leader in that area, for actually changing the dynamic. Because leaders are like, look, there's a will, there's a way. Leaders are like, so you're telling me there's a chance. Leaders are like, what do I need to do to shift this environment? They're not focused on what it is right now. They're focused on what the future is. Leaders think innovatively. They think creatively to problem solve. And so for you, we have to start to shift here because the truth of the matter is some of you there, it's not realistic for me to tell you to quit your job, right? And at the end of the day, if you're really trying to build your leadership skills, we can't job hop to try to find the best, best environment that's going to suit us, right? That's a cop out. Let me just go from job to job to job to job. And hopefully I can just land at a job where these people out there are not as dysfunctional. They're fine and they will make it easy for me. And I will be able to finally get some recognition and finally do my job in the best way. No, real leaders figure that out in the most toxic and dysfunctional environments, period. 
Now, you do need to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Because there are some, and, and, and we were talking about, I think, activating the leadership spirit. I can't remember what episode that was, but I do believe in kind of energy, forces, darkness, light. I believe in that. It's a real thing. Have you ever felt someone's energy just so low, so low, it brings you down? And from a psychological perspective, um, emotions are contagious, right? So negative emotions, it's contagious. Positive emotions are contagious. You ever had someone cry around you or they're emotional, they're crying, they're sad, and you get a little sad too, right? Emotions are literally contagious. We catch them. That's why we also have to be very mindful of how, what emotions people are using and projecting because sometimes they're doing that to actually manipulate us, Okay, so we have to be we have to be mindful of that Um, and we will start to feel angry, too. We'll start to feel um, resentful, too, or we'll start to feel what. But really, it's not our emotions. We're picking it up off of somebody else. And people will emit certain emotions to manipulate you. Think about your kids. Think about when my kids were like two, three, four years old and they started giving me that. They do the little eyes, you know. Like, I just wanted a cookie. I know it's 8 a.m., but I just can, can I, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know that cry, you know, you know that cry. And then it's funny if, if I really gave them what they want. And I never I never allow my kids to eat junk uh, most of the time. Definitely not in the morning. Um, but whatever they're asking me for. And then once they get it, their whole attitude change, like, thank you, mom. Bye. It's like, what in the world? You were, you were giving me a whole Academy award winning performance just now that you were distraught until you got what you wanted. And then you, then you frolicked off and skipped off yonder and went back to your room. Fine as I don't know what, right. So I'm just using that as an example to talk about emotions. <clears throat> and so what we need to do when we think about our environments is just come to the re- resolve that, Hey, I'm going to say two out of 10 environments. You need to just leave them. Like they're horrific. Like there's, there's a critical mass of people that are so dark that are so, and I'm not talking about color. So please do not. I don't know. She kept talking about darkness. She kept talking about dark. I mean the whole thing and she does diversity and inclusion. So I don't even know why she kept using the term dark, which I assume to be offensive to the dark people and no log off. Now this is not the podcast for you. If you're that offended and you're making this into something like if you missed that, that I was talking about dark energy, then I'm just saying, please log off. Okay. <laughs> I just got to do that. I just have to do that because there is like a tribe of people out there that that's all they do is troll social media and different things and like pick out one thing and turn it into something and then tell you about it. And then make like, I can't, I don't have that much time. I don't have the real leaders that are really tuning in to get some gems. We have no time for that. Okay. And so what, what we want to do is really think about how we can shift those atmospheres, shift those environments. So let's think about it. What are the type of environments that we have control over? Our home environment, our work environment, and our social environment, okay? Our home environment, our work environment, our social environment, and that's in no specific order. And so what we want to do is say, hey, okay, we know two out of 10 environments, we probably just need to get up out of there, right? There's a critical mass of people, individuals that are just so dark, so negative, so mean, so spiteful, so dysfunctional that we cannot try to fight against all of that. Like there, there isn't enough of a, um, of, of people who are courageous enough in those work environments to be able to, um, <clears throat> 
help support a movement towards building a positive company culture. So I, I, I am a proponent that you do need to consider sometimes honestly really leaving a toxic environment, especially for your mental health. Mental health is very important nowadays. It's just not worth it. And you don't have to be Captain Superhero. And you know, I'm going to defeat the negative negativity. Da, 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 da. Like you don't have, that's not your role. Okay. And some of you, you need to let that go and really resolve understand that it's okay you tried you tried and that that environment is not ready for this type of change okay so some of you need to do and it's not that you were a failure because here's the thing in you trying to change things for the better you learned a lot I'm sure you learned a lot about how to negative how to navigate some of these toxic environments so that's fine take that best take that learning and apply it in another situation in, in another context so two out of ten environments cool but don't be that person that job hops and job hops and job hops and job hops on this perpetual search for that perfect work environment because it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Okay. At some point you need to stand firm, stand tall and establish your leadership brand, which we talked about a couple episodes back, establish your value system. And here's the thing. People will, will stop playing with you. They will, they will stop trying you. Okay. They will, they will stop. Um, I'm trying to think of a, professional way because I'm using colloquialisms now um, that, that may go over people's heads. They will stop disrespecting you. They will stop devaluing you when you show up really truly as a leader. Because here's the here's the thing that nobody wants to, to hear, which is that p- certain people are disrespecting you because they know that they can get away with it. And they don't do it to everybody. It's you. It's you. It's you. They don't value you. They, they treat you a certain way because you there's something about how you're showing up that says that that's okay. Okay. I'm just saying. And so let's look at our different environments, your home environment, your work environment, your social environment. What I want you to do is do that personal audit and figure out how, what you need to do to lead your environment. Now, this is a little bit different from what we were talking about at the la- in the last episode in terms of who you are and how you're showing up. But leading your environment really has to do a lot more with systems and processes. What systems and processes do you need to put in place that this environment can be working like a well-oiled machine, okay? For your team, for yourself. There were, there were times where I was so busy and I, had, I was in a season... <clears throat> where I realized I need to shift some of how my systems and processes are working in my home. I need to have someone come up and pick my laundry up every single week. And they're going to take my laundry and the next day it's going to be delivered back fully clean, washed, dry cleaned, and folded. Like that was a system I had to put in place because without that, I wasn't getting anything done and I wasn't getting the laundry done. I wasn't getting it done in time. I was causing stress to everybody running around trying to figure out where their clothes were, what clothes they had. Things were mismatched. We can't find the socks. We can't do this. And then I was overwhelmed because it was just another thing on my to-do list that I had to do. So I got a laundry service. There was a point at which I had to go ahead and get a cleaning service to come by. I need you to clean because guess what? As much as, and I love to clean. I love to clean. I'm super organized. Like I love it. It's a good workout, y'all. Am I the only one? I absolutely love put some music on and just put my gloves on and just start scrubbing and cleaning. It's like a stress relief for me. Like I'm not going to go to the gym, but I will bust a sweat cleaning the house and organizing and things like that because I love a my domain, right? To be to be clean and organized and fresh and you know that sort of thing because it's my safe haven. But I had to relinquish some of that and have um, you know, my home cleaned by an external party. 
they had to come in and do that for me because although I wanted to getting um, down and bending over on the uh, to scrub that Ajax on the bottom of, of my bathrooms and I have more than two bathrooms in my home, it's too much. It's too much. It's not the best use of my time, right? I had to uh, meal prep. Okay, uh, meal delivery services, grocery delivery services, setting up things on an automatic delivery so that I never run out of napkins. I never run out of dish detergent. I never run out of laundry detergent. I never run out of, you know, anything and everything is always consistently being delivered to my home. What was that? That was the, These are system examples of systems and processes that I put in place so I can lead my environment because I felt overwhelmed. I wasn't doing a good job, didn't have enough help to get everything done. And and it was having a negative impact. Then the time that I could be spending with my children having quality time, I'm sitting there doing the laundry and shampooing the carpets and doing the dishes and trying to keep up with everything. And y'all, I'm traditional. I wouldn't call it traditional, but I, I love cooking. I love cooking. So I'm going to cook five solid days out of the week. And I don't cook huge portions and we have leftovers for three days. No, them things are gone, okay? We, we cook, you know, and we keep it fresh. So I, I love to cook. But guess what? You know how many dishes that, that that is? My gosh, it's a lot. And we don't use paper products. Just trying to be eco-friendly. We don't use, um, you know, we wash everything. I don't have I don't have plastic cups and like disposable. We don't use disposable things that every single week from our straws to everything else is with the exception of napkins, of course. But other than that, and we even have cloth napkins, right? Because they can get laundered. That's my little contribution to eco-friendliness, you know, in our in our household. But other than that, I mean, those are things that I just had to do. And once I made that shift and invested in those things, I was able to see the results, right? I was able to realize I was leading my environment. So same thing for you. Now, look, what about your work environment? What are some systems and processes you can put in place for your work environment? There are some of you that are managing others and you're managing a decent sized team. I recommend if you have three or more people that you are managing that that you use technology to um, to help optimize your project management, all the projects that you have going on and the deadlines. If you are managing three or more people and you're not using a project management software like Asana, who is not sponsoring this podcast, but Asana, what's up? Basecamp, who is not sponsoring this podcast, but you know, I'm just saying, call me. Freedcamp, who is not sponsoring this podcast. Anybody know someone at freedcamp.com? Please have them call me, okay? Um, Monday.com, have them contact me immediately. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Um, but it's one of those things where you need to find an equitable way and an efficient way to manage your team. So that, and I say equitable because some of you are micromanagers. So you're always on people's backs about what they're doing and what the status is. And I didn't get a status and I didn't get the email and I'm trying to figure out where we are with this project. Well, just get Asana and, and assign everything in that project management software. And when you log into the dashboard, It'll tell you the progress that people have made on the different milestones on those projects. You're so stressed out trying to figure out what are all the multiple moving parts that are happening, but you haven't created a system to seamlessly, seamlessly identify that information because you don't like technology or because you don't want to set it up or because I'm not sure because we use, we use Microsoft products here and I think Microsoft project and I'm not sure if we have the license for that one and blah, blah, blah. You're just making up excuses, making up excuses if you need to pay out of your own pocket and say, I need to use this technology right now in order to optimize my team, can you guys reimburse me? Like while y'all figure that out later, I need to make sure I'm working efficiently and effectively and this is how I'm going to do it, okay? Ask for forgiveness later. 
but you need to have some stick to You need to have some chutzpah. Okay. Who knows about the chutzpah? Okay. Everybody doesn't know that. Google that. Okay. I don't know how to spell it. My gosh, but you need to have some tenacity. You need to have some moxie. If you're a leader, if you're changing your environment and leading your environment and you're innovating, that's the point. That's the entire point of having you there as a resource. And so those are things that you that you need to get out of your own way so that you can see on one dashboard at a glance what all five or all 10 or all 15 of your direct reports are doing and hold them accountable for using that software, for using that technology to be able to support that. So that's an example here. Think about your social environment. I'm going to end with this because we're doing that personal audit. Think about you leading your social environment. What does that mean? How often are you socializing and for what purpose? Are you always socializing for fun and at the bar and at this? Are you really trying to make business deals and and build relationships with people who can positively support you professionally? Here's the thing. This is what I see as one of the biggest mistakes that professionals do. They spend 50 hours to 60 hours a week with their heads down at their job, working, 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 being these workhorses, not having a leadership mindset. They're, they're bogged down with all this paperwork and all of this stuff. And you're not taking time to be on brand, to demonstrate the value of your leadership brand at your job. You're not spending time to actually um, network appropriately and professionally with people to let them know what you need, what you're doing, what your accomplishments are. You're not doing any of that. And then you look up two years, three years, five years, 10 years later, and no one really knows you. You're not really connected to anybody. You haven't done any networking, but now you want to start reaching out to people because you need support in finding a new job. You need support in being hired somewhere else all of a sudden. But you haven't done the, done the work to actually build those seeds, plant those seeds with people, build those relationships, build up that social capital with anybody. And so for those of you that have that workhorse mentality, I will get recognized if I work the hardest. Ain't wrong. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. It doesn't. Yeah. You're going to be let down. And chances are, if you're listening to me, you've already been let down. You already know that that doesn't work. It doesn't. It's the people, and you may call it they politic. You know, they're politicking. They're always in so-and-so's face and blah, blah, blah. But what they're doing is they are creating a strategy for their brand. So if you're already a good worker and a hard worker, you have a great work ethic, you do what you do, then you need to pull back in that social environment and be mindful that you're not using it just to be social, but you're using it in a way that's going to help you professionally. Okay. And you may say, I have to go to the bar to drink with people in order to get, no, not, not at all. But there are other aspects, other things you can do when we're going to cut the cake for Bob in the break room to sing him happy birthday. And you just stay at your desk and like, "Eh, I don't even know Bob like that. It's not about Bob. It's about everybody else who's there to see Bob cut his cake that you can chit chat with. Okay, I'm not talking about schmoozing. I'm not talking about brown nosing. I'm not talking about that. But I like I call it having a street team, always having other people, at least 10 other individuals from your neighbor to your family members, to your colleagues, to your coworkers, to your direct reports, knowing what you're doing, what you're striving to do next and what help you need. So that when they are in other rooms, when they are in other meetings, when they are have other opportunities, they're at their associations networking meeting. They're thinking about you how they can support and help you because it's top of mind. But if you're on your own little island, just working away, working so hard, you miss that opportunity. Okay. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. Please 
think about your environment. Do that personal audit. If you have any questions about anything we discussed today, please hit me up. 215-608-5687. Your regular data and text message rates will apply. So be mindful because I will not be reimbursing you. Okay. Um, and, and reach out. Um, I'm on social media at the Dr. Brandy and on my website, D-O-C-T-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-I.com. Can't wait to see you guys on the next episode. Bye. Hey, Dr. Brandy, break it down just like that. Time to tune in to the Leaderish Podcast. Hey, let's go. The Leaderish Podcast.